0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of Ready Teacher One. Adam and I had an absolutely fantastic conversation with Jeff Patterson, the CEO of Gaggle, and we're really excited to share it with all of you. We do feel the need, though, to begin tonight's episode with a bit of a content warning. Our conversation with Jeff uh, covered topics that aren't appropriate for all of our listeners. Um, Some of the trigger warnings we have to offer include uh, suicide, self-harm, violence, bullying, as well as some sexual content towards the end of the episode. We're so appreciative of you wanting to listen to this episode, but if those topics um, aren't wise for you to listen to or aren't wise for the people you have around you, maybe in your car on your way to work this morning, uh, we suggest you just give us a pause and uh, listen to us at another time. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to another episode of Ready Teacher One. I'm
0: Adam Mangana. And I'm Ryan McLaughlin. And with us today is Jeff Patterson, the CEO of Gaggle. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and welcome.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. As I said earlier, I'm hoping we have some fun.
0: Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Jeff, you've been with Gaggle since the start, right? You're the founder?
2: I started the company 22 years ago. I sound so old saying that. (laughs)
0: Not at all. Not at all. We uh, we're fans of experience around here. Um, you guys are currently making a lot of waves around uh, some machine learning applications that you've developed for education, but you started as a student email provider, right?
2: That, that is, you, you know, the history. So when I started 22 years ago, I was at a t- teacher conference a tech ed, at the TCEA conference in Texas. And I happened to ask a teacher, are you using email with your students? And she said, no, no, my district would never let my kids have an email address. Really? And I, I, even then I was like, okay, this is how I'm creating products and collaborating with people around the world. This is a great tool for kids and connecting and writing. And so I, I started asking the why questions and it was all about safety and security. And sure. I was young and naive and said, well, I'll solve that.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. It's uh it's hard to imagine a time when we thought that students wouldn't need email addresses, isn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, in some ways, I mean, you know, we talk about districts all the time. That some don't give kids email addresses, but I think the reality is most do, and that it's it's part and parcel to the modern business tools. So
0: of course, the kids should have it. Right, right. Absolutely.
1: So when 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 the company started, you know, this was during the context of the big kind of tech boom. You were you you were having schools that were pushing back against even email addresses. Do you uh, what were some of the other really interesting nuances of that time frame for schools in terms of their, you know, in terms of the state of the union on tech in
2: 1999? Ah, uh, so. Look, there's, there's a core group of believers back then, right, who were like, sure, every kid should have a laptop and they should have these tools and we can do online learning. And it, sometimes it felt like we were screaming into the wind, um, right? And we'd build products like Gaggle eventually evolved to a learning management system with safety baked in. And we get to the but and getting teachers to use it was a struggle right because they just didn't need to right and there's a certain way of doing things
1: and um that's clearly changed now when did when did the lights come on for for districts and and what was gaggle's first big breakthrough to actually you know where you didn't have to uh to do it on the side you you were actually getting to check for your for your efforts and labor oh so uh
2: well let me start with this i tried to raise venture capital no one would trust me. Oh, wow. I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was stubborn. So I just bootstrapped the company and we're now about 125 employees. Um, no outside investors. Wow. Tremendous. Uh, you know, the, you know, the, the LMS was the key back up until about 2000, oh about 2010 or so. Um, and then when Google started coming along, our customers said, hey, we, we really like the safety that you do, but can you put it inside of Google? And so we had to make a pretty couple of pretty big pivots along the way. Um, that, was, that was the biggest one. And I, I like to say that's when we became an adult company, when we finally figured out what the world wanted us to be.
0: Wow. There you go. When did you realize that machine learning was the next big step for your company?
2: Uh, so we started really building out some early artificial intelligence and machine learning probably as early as 2005, but it was based around detecting pornography. Okay. Right. And then we kept adding to that in about six or seven years ago, we really started building out our own machine learning team that would analyze, you know, the, the content the kids are creating to look for suspicious items. You know, Guys, would it help if I told you a story so people understand what Gaggle does?
1: Absolutely. Please do.
2: All right. So this is a a true story from a school district in New Jersey. And this happened this September. Uh, It was a Friday evening and they had a middle school boy who pulled out his Google Chromebook and he logged into his Google Classroom account and he started creating a Google document. And it said, I'm unimportant to this world. I've been faking my feelings. There's nobody who cares about me. There's no point in going on. Suicide is my only option.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: So what we do at is we sit behind the digital tools that kids have all gotten, whether it be Google Classroom or Office 365 or the Canvas LMS. We're pulling in all the email, the docs, the chats, everything the kids are creating and collaborating on because those are great tools. Then we use technology to flag things that are suspicious, right? We use different things. We have machine learning. And once things are flagged, and we have real people to review those 24 hours a day. And they make a determination of how serious this is in the most serious circumstances, we call the district immediately. And in this case, we called our emergency contact, who was the school principal, and the school principal started calling the family. Well, the assistant principal called the local police. When the principal got a hold of the parents, the parents said, No, our, our son is fine. We we just finished dinner, he's upstairs in his room. But when they went to look, he, he wasn't there. And this is why it became so powerful that the assistant principal got a hold of local police, because the local police in this town knew where to go. There are trains that go through this town on their way to New York City. And there's this one spot where two children had previously killed themselves by jumping in front of a train. And sure enough, that's where they found this boy walking.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: All that happened within about 15 minutes
0: wow that's that's a tremendously powerful story jeff And so I
1: think it mystifies for folks the value prop for 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 gaggle it's like you know is big brother watching or is big brother actually preventing has the 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 common courtesy of connection to intervene when uh when when it's most important
2: I like to think of this as an early warning system to kids in crisis before a tragedy happens. Now keep in mind, that story I just told you, that's already happened over 900 times this school year. Right? Oh my goodness. Bullying, threats of fighting. We see so much depression and cutting like 50,000 references or more. Um, Kids are uploading inappropriate pictures of themselves into the digital systems that schools provide. We've got child predators, abuse at home. Yeah, It's the whole gamut.
1: How do you think things shift when you see more and more schools decentralize and move online? How does your product become even more important? Well,
2: the school is now in the bedroom. It's in the kids' bedrooms 24 hours a day right? School's no longer in this place with walls. So I believe keeping kids safe is the number one priority. And that's become even more important now that it's ubiquitous in their home.
1: Do you guys still offer an LMS as well?
2: No, we, 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 I, I finally wised up and got out of the LMS space.
0: So Jeff, I, um, one question that occurred to me as we were, you know, reading up about what you guys do is just this generation is kind of known for having a bit of a dark sense of humor, right? Um, how do you how do you parse out just you know when a kid's trying to send a meme to be funny or or make a TikTok that's uh, a little bit on the edgy side versus when you know this is a this person needs help needs an intervention.
2: It, it's a great question. And part of it's that we don't know the kids and the families, right? That's not Gaggle's job, right? The school principals, the emergency contacts, the school psychologists, they know these families. Our districts have asked us to, anytime we see a reference to suicide, kill myself, even if it looks like it's joking, they want to know, right? Because oftentimes kids pretend to be joking and they pretend to just have a dark sense of humor when, no, it's dark. Right.
0: right.
2: I just saw a statistic out of the Texas State Mental Health Coalition: one in ten techs, kids in Texas high school kids has contemplated suicide this year. Wow! It's all dark.
0: Wow.
1: And with COVID and 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 just being uh, you know confined to people's bedrooms, as you mentioned, um, that that mental health. Um, is just feels like it's going to be more complex over time for many students
2: yeah the um yeah again to sort of put some context out before the pandemic there was an epidemic of student suicide mental health crisis over six thousand kids a year were killing themselves and essentially three thousand high school kids a day were attempting suicide Right, people attempt before they succeed. We we had a crisis coming our way even before the pandemic, and it, it's worse now.
0: Yeah. Wow! What does machine learning add to the toolkit that couldn't be done just by having um, some of the live humans that you work for, or that, that you have working for you, um, just scrolling through Facebook or scrolling through TikTok or what have you?
2: So, to give you some context, last school year. We pulled in over 7 billion items and of those 7 billion items, 100 million had to be looked at much more carefully. And that's where the machine learning comes in, right? Machine learning cut that number down to 30 million that had to be reviewed by human being.
0: Okay. So it's just a pure math game.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, for us to be able to provide this affordably, right? We have to use technology.
1: Speaking of providing it af- uh, affordably, is it a subscription? How does, the, how does the pricing work for schools that are like listening to this podcast saying, I have to get gaggle as fast as I can?
2: Well, first of all, I love that. Uh, you reach out to us and, and talk to one of our, our, our great reps. To give you an idea on the price, it runs about $6 per student annually, and that's for email and Google Drive safety. Um, if you want to add on
1: Google Chat or Teams, that's
0: about $2 more. Okay. So Jeff, one of the things that have been highlighted in the news recently about a lot of machine learning applications has been um, bias, right? Like we see machine learning being used in the criminal justice system to uh, determine whether or not uh, an inmate deserves parole. And we know for a fact that you know it, uh, it wrongfully predicts uh, you know, reoffense rates for, for black uh, defendants at a much higher rate than white defendants. Um, have you run into anything like this in school-based applications for machine learning? Is there a concern with bias? There's always a concern with bias,
2: right? And, and you know, ultimately all these things come down to people create these, these systems and tools. And so, you know, it, it's a concern that we all have, but again, keep in mind that like, it's really the people, our safety people care so much about finding every kid who's in crisis that for us it's about how do we basically make sure that we're not that that we're finding all the opportunities where we can intervene for a kid and it's not about getting kids in trouble it's about helping those kids right and often oftentimes it's the marginalized kids that are most at risk of suicide and self-harm
0: for sure for sure what do you say to parents or district leaders that raise privacy concerns
2: so the accounts are, are owned by the school district, just like our work email address is owned by our employer. And in fact, I believe the school districts have a moral and legal obligation to keep that safe. The legal obligation comes from the Children's Internet Protection Act. Okay. SIPA says that they, they have to ensure the safety and security of minors when using online communication tools such as email.
0: Interesting.
1: Jeff, do you uh, you know there are a number of kind of innovative schools out there that are thinking about uh, you know virtual reality and blockchain and using those tools? Have you begun to integrate any of some of these emerging technologies into what Gaggle's doing aside from machine learning?
2: None of those yet. Um, you know, Canvas was the first learning management system that we integrated with. Um, we're in discussions and I'll put this out there with um, the folks at Remind about building in Gaggle's safety into Remind. And so uh, we're sort of actually to talking to customers that are like that.
1: Yeah, so for our listeners, you talk, you're, you're talking about the Remind text that uh, schools send out when there's an urgent, when there's something uh, urgent. Used happen.
0: it many times myself, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I, There's apparently there's a, um, a student to student, a student to teacher communication aspect within Remind, and that's where the concern is.
0: Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. As you look out on the horizon and think about what comes next for Gaggle, um, what are some other ways that you're looking to, to use machine learning or AI to benefit schools, benefit education more broadly?
2: So, you know, we see Gaggle's mission is to use technology and people to help keep students safe and make sure that schools, the students get the mental, emotional help that they need. So it starts with our identifying these kids in crisis, but I've often, for about four or five years, I've been like, God, you know what? I, I wanna do something to help these kids, right? We're just pointing out the kids that are having problems. And of course, so many of them are having problems. What can we do to make a difference? And so in September, we launched a teletherapy solution. So districts can work with this to find licensed therapists to work with those kids that are
1: most in need. That's exciting. Interesting. And yeah. so that right now that therapy is being delivered um, in, uh, in a Zoom format? How is, how is what's, what's the platform that you guys use to, to do so it?
2: So there's a HIPAA compliance sort of teletherapy tool that we use um so it's a it's a video conference exactly like zoom right but hipaa compliant and and really you know and this is the beginning of where i see us going right (coughs) you mentioned machine learning but like how can we build technology to help kids and reach more kids that that, this is sort of our first foray into the mental health area where we can find out what does the world need us to become
1: i love that, that that uh that kind of framing what does the world need us to become if you were advising a school an online school now from first principles because so many of these schools are going to be built online and knowing what you know about keeping kids safe uh, what are some of the ways from first principles that you might design the school of the future
2: It's a great, uh, I need to think about that a little carefully. So it's like, obviously it's about choosing the right tools, but it's really about training the adults, Mm. right? So look, it's one thing to know how to use the tools to engage your kids, right? That's a big challenge. How to engage them differently on these technologies, because you're not seeing them right, you're not giving them a pat on the back, right, you have to do, do it more virtually, and how to engage them and make the kids feel like they're part of a community in this classroom, and how to understand when kids are crying out for help. I mean, I, I've seen cases where, you know, the adults will think the kids are just joking around something, but no, they're serious. Yeah. Right, and you know, if you've got kids of your own, you know, especially as they become teenagers, you have no idea what's going
0: on in their heads right right? nothing right Mm -hmm. jeff is there a concern that um you know if if a student finds out that the school district is using gaggle that they're just going to switch to a device that isn't using um, a school account i mean are there other workarounds to where these students are just gonna you know just go around whatever the school district puts in place
2: so uh, first of all, we believe in the kids should have a right to privacy. That's why they have their personal accounts, right? We're not monitoring Instagram and TikTok, right? Which just the school provided tools. Now, certainly the kids can go off and use other tools to communicate, and they do. But here's the the best example that as my VP of Sales says this, he says this to superintendents. So you have video cameras, security cameras, in all your 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 schools. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the kids still do dumb things instead of the front of those cameras? They sure Absolutely. do. Absolutely, <laughs> they do, right? Um, so we continue to see that, that the kids, you know, they're not moderating behavior. And we've got a district in Colorado that's been with us for 10 years kids from kindergarten all the way through high school, and we still find all the same things.
1: Wow. have you Have you worked with any exclusively online schools? Uh, we do have a few and we have a few. what's your what's your sense of of that experience how gaggle adds value in that context versus the brick and mortar what are the differences
2: so one of the 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 positives is that those kids are, are on their technology even more because that's just how they learn that's you know it's not a hybrid situation not a temporary situation now they signed up for this and sometimes those are the kids that are struggling the most right that sure. they, they traditional school didn't work for them and you know we're finding that one of the challenges on the other hand is when there is an emergency situation right the school principal might be in new jersey and the kids out in california and who, who how do we get a hold of parents if we have to call law enforcement for a wellness check which which organization which its department do we call So there are some additional challenges, I think, when you're in that environment of an online only, uh, but there's also some additional advantages.
1: Fascinating.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Super fascinating, for sure. For sure.
1: Um, Jeff, what do you think, uh, we, we talked a little bit about VR and blockchain. Do you see VR or blockchain impacting the education business in the next two or three years? Hmm. I know it's not a technology you're looking at for your company, but I'm curious because we've started our uh, podcast talking about those two domains. I'm curious, as you look across from the machine learning perspective, how do you think VR or blockchain might impact
0: the school business?
2: Have, have either of you read Ender's Game?
0: Oh, of course. Absolutely.
2: All right. So, all right. So we're dorks, right? Let's yeah. just get that out the open, right? <laughs>
0: That's all right, Adam.
2: Apparently, you're not dorky enough, or you're afraid to admit it. I don't know which. <laughs>
0: Adam's pretty dorky. Adam's pretty dorky. He might have, have missed this one along the way, but podcast. Okay. I played the cool one
1: on the podcast. You know, <laughs> Stefan does. <laughs> I played Steph-
0: <laughs> So any... Adam was a classics major at Brown. He pretty much invented the word dork, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Catullus was a freak, man. Catullus was a freak. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, in Indra's game, if you remember, there's, there's, he's, they call it a desk, right? But it's really, right. it seems like more like a laptop VR experience. And Ender uses this as part of his training. And it's really more about psychological training. And so I'm fascinated by the idea of using VR in a psychological way to sort of change our mindsets, because our mindset is what's so powerful. There is a company out there I like called Cognito it's kind of doing this more in just traditional video format around social emotional learning and training educators. Um, in VR it's, I don't think it's quite VR, but I can see where they're headed because it's all about sort of simulation training, both for the students and for the adults. And so that's where I see this really eventually going, but it's, uh, it's not where my focus is.
0: Fair
1: enough. Answer.
2: Cognito.
0: As you, uh, As you begin to think about the future of education, um, what other safety concerns for students are on the horizon for you that maybe we haven't talked about? Oh.
2: So here's one of the things. It's on the horizon, I believe, and it's scary and sad. Um, Thankfully, over the last year, we have not had many school shootings. Right. I suspect when the kids come back in fall, and everybody's back, they're gonna be extra wound up tight. And so I'm really afraid for you know what we're gonna see.
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's extremely sad, but it makes a lot of sense um, to hear what you're saying. Uh, what's, uh, what's Gaggle doing to kind of step in and prepare for that?
2: So look, we just wanna reach as many kids as we can. We know for every 10,000 kids that we're helping protect, we're going to identify at least one suicide attempt, if not more. Right. Um, several instances of bullying, lots of kids that are talking about being depressed and cutting themselves. Right. I call these instead of lives saved lifetimes lost, right? If, if right. you're a child and you're so unhappy that you're cutting and depressed, how are you going to learn? How are you going to become a fully functioning adult?
1: Amen
0: wow
1: yeah look ryan here's the thing we got to do the we got to jump to the five and 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 the tone right now man. Been- i know
0: i know i was sitting here thinking the same thing um <laughs> sorry so you want to bring it up a little bit no yeah, sure by all, we're, all we're, means by we're all, we're, all means give some hope. No, this is, and this and is we'll this by far, out, just give me some hope uh, this is such an important episode for us um it's by far the heaviest episode that we've had, by far the, the deepest conversation in terms of emotional content that we've had. But uh, we're, we're so glad to be having it with you, Jeff, because I think, um, you know, our typical episode's a lot more lighthearted, but what you're talking about, look, this is stuff that we need to be talking about. Parents, educators, leaders, um, these are our young people.
1: We, we think about ed tech from the perspective of maximizing utility, right? Improving test scores or functionality. We never think about this from the framework that you're offering, which is maximizing potential or human understanding or common courtesy of connection. And I think that is a profound opportunity for our listeners to understand that we may be at the precipice of creating the greatest empathy machine ever created by people. And I think, as you reference Cognito and the work that you're doing, you know, I'm really curious how you're curating the data that you're collecting because I imagine that the data is hugely valuable and also belongs to, you know, there's a question of, of who owns that data in some ways. So I'm curious, Jeff, how do you think about the collection of this data that you're curating?
2: So, we don't own the data, right? We're safeguarding it for uh, our school districts and schools. Now, obviously we used it anonymized to build better machine learning algorithms, right? That's how we're using the data um, to basically, but to build a good algorithm, you have to have clean data. And you really have to do lots and lots of human review, which fortunately we do. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that makes a lot of sense. All right, Ryan, let's try to get him with the five. All right. Let's well, talk.
0: Jeff, typically we end our podcast with an episode we like to call The Furious Five, which is just going to be five uh, questions that don't necessarily have anything to do with what we've been talking about today, right. but they're just kind of fun, lighthearted questions to kind of get to know you better and uh, just end the episode on a high note. So without any further ado, we'll go ahead and start off with the first, which is just simply, what's the best meal you've eaten recently? I like sushi Um, so
2: we we i think we sent one of my daughters to pick up sushi that was great
0: nice nice absolutely love it we got a lot of sushi fans in our families too uh second question what is the best movie or tv show that you've seen recently
2: i'm going to admit something i i have three daughters my middle daughter she is all about attack on titan okay it's an animated series out of Japan. It's all subtitles. It's dark. And yesterday, I just got sucked into what she's rewatching the same episodes for a third and fourth time. So I watched with her for about three hours.
1: Right? I lost three hours. Nice. <laughs> That's a great answer. That's one of my favorites.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, we're all about quality family time here. Uh, third question. What's the best book you've ever read?
2: Um, So one that I'm continuing to use and reuse all the time is called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He's the former lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. And he basically, he gives you very specific techniques around how to basically negotiate better. But it's not what you think. It's around what he calls tactical empathy, Right. Learning to understand the other person is where you get your best negotiation skills out of um, so many great techniques, labeling, mirroring, accusation audits. I, I'm using these things all the time.
0: Interesting. Okay. That's a fascinating answer.
1: Never split Never
0: the, difference. Difference. Never Never the, the difference. Question number four. Who is uh, a thought leader uh, or somebody that's had an influence on your life that our listeners should stop what they're doing and go follow on social media right now?
2: On social media. So there was – he's not on social media. The guy I'm thinking of at
0: the moment, he was – That's okay. Kind of, go for it. Or, or go buy a book from instead of follow on social media.
2: He, he's kind of – he was sort of inspirational. Like, I'm the crazy gaggle guy. That's who I am, Right. Nice. there when i got started there was this company hyper studio and roger wagner was the sound founder ceo owner kind of a bit like me enigmatic um owned the whole thing right and when he started this is like 95 he went from trade show to trade show with a trunk full of software to help kids learn to create he you know, sort of like powerpoint on steroids back then um I, I admire what, what Roger accomplished.
1: Where is Roger now?
2: Uh, he's got, I think, Adreno. He's doing something with Adrenos, right? Um, he, he ended up selling the company to, you know, one of the big EdTech companies, like, way, way back, um, but I think he's still involved. He's still, he's still involved in, in EdTech. Te- ed
1: Hyper you know, I remember that name from back in
2: the day. Oh, come on, Adam. You were a student,
1: probably used it as all. That's, that's
2: what you're
0: talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when Adam and I were students, the, the big ed tech was Oregon Trail. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're that generation. It's about um,
2: that same time zone, yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So our last question for the Furious Five, we like to call the contrarian question, and it's really Adam's question. So I always let him ask it. Adam.
1: So, you know, Jeff, of course, machine learning has become a buzzword, and many people don't know the difference between uh, computer application and machine learning. What is something that you know to be true about the use case of machine learning? that other practitioners in the space might disagree with you on.
2: Oh, okay. I love saying controversial things. Machine learning is so overblown. It's ridiculous. It's just automated pattern matching. That's all it is. It's saying, I've got this bucket of things and I've identified that they look like this and this bucket that doesn't look like that. Something new comes in, which bucket does it look more like? It's not that complicated. Now there's some complicated math behind it, but you know, it's not intelligence. It really, truly isn't.
1: How does it, how does, how does it differ from traditional scripting ingredients and instructions, you know, in, in the coding sense.
2: Well, you're right. Like, so machine learning is different because it's trying to match the different sort of sets of parameters. Whereas an algorithm says, if I see a score of this plus a feature of this, then I do X, right? That's more of just a, an automated algorithm.
0: Okay. okay,
1: very accessible for our teacher listeners out here.
0: That's YouTube
1: you like. a machine learning experts. <laughs> Back
2: in the day when we were doing pornography, we literally had to, we had to build our own model. We, we basically had people who looked at pornography all day long and had to just classify it. Yes, porn, not porn, what kind of porn.
1: Was that um, how the company got its name, Gaggle? <laughs>
2: I don't know what you're referring to, Adam. But no, no um, order. Maybe
0: you couldn't. Say. We're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to put some warning labels on this episode. <laughs>
1: we're edit it out. We're gonna edit it uh, out. You know,
0: Adam. My reference was gonna be. I was gonna reference back the famous Supreme Court case about obscenity, where it was. I you know I know it when I see it. I can't define it for you, but I think we're
1: gonna. Um, go viral. You know, I think we'll go viral because just that that tagline of. Back when we started in
0: pornography, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my! Do
0: you
2: know we, we uh, in
0: the words of George Decay, oh my!
2: <laughs> we we literally had one of the one of the machine learning guys defined what pornography was. I mean, there was some very specific language around what made it pornography or not. Isn't that Did a I'm so curious. Did,
1: I'm Go so ahead.
0: curious, did you run into any of the issues uh, that are kind of famous where, uh, you know, you've you've had AI try to identify pornography, but because of, you know, flesh tones or what have you, it identifies like a sand dune as a, a nude photograph?
2: Oh, yeah, we, we trained our pornography detection against kittens, right, because kittens were being mislabeled, um, uh, fruit, obviously, and this is why, again, this is why we believe it's technology plus people. You can't just do it with technology, right? It's too complex. The things that we're looking at and seeing, and and we can't send false positives to our customers. They need to get the right information at the right time to make a difference and save a kid.
0: So um, what I hear you saying is that you know people are very worried about automation taking away jobs, but uh, there'll always be room for a pornography guy at Gaggle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Ryan. You there will be room. So, are you applying,
0: Ryan? It sounds like you're yep. applying. Not. My wife won't let me. We're good.
1: <laughs> You've been a great sport. Thank you so much. Um, you know, if you don't mind shooting us a photo, we're going to use for uh, for for episode art. We would love to uh, highlight you. You've been a tremendous guest, and
0: I we know we really appreciate your time, here, Jeff. Thank you. we
1: are going to get a lot out of this episode. Yeah, I'll
2: send you a picture, and when you rate it when it's ready to go live, just let me know, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have my marketing team tweet it, and I'll post it. For sure.